Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Amen. Yeah, praise the Lord. Amen. We'll praise his name forever. He is the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords, and He is worthy of all of our praise. He is worthy of all of our worship. He is worthy of all uh, of our very lives. And so grateful this morning to come together and to worship uh, and to lift high His name. I love this time of year. I love the the songs of Christmas. Love, uh, man. The last song as I came in, that man, just an incredible, uh, incredible song. And you know, today we're gonna we're gonna focus some on one of those uh, names. Really, one of those. Uh, things that we, we sung about, Emmanuel, and you know, this time of year, uh, we're reminded of, of this truth that uh, God is with us, and we're going to lean in there a bit this morning. It's an awesome time of year, a, a time filled with uh, so much anticipation, like, uh, how many people are excited for Christmas, like in a week, right? Yeah, yeah like, I mean, we're excited, like, and, and children are excited, but really, and, and what we understand is, like, when we look around the world, like, like, the world celebrates Christmas, right? We see it all over, uh, just this excitement, this anticipation. Uh, and what we know and, and what I've heard said is that everybody loves Jesus until we define exactly who he is. And he is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. And today we're going to look at who he is and what has been accomplished for us uh, through the finished work of the cross. And I'm excited to do that. You know, we, we think about Christmas and we think about these traditions uh, you know, when, when Sherry and I got married, one of the traditions that she brought from her family into ours uh, was these Christmas jammies. Anybody, anybody do some Christmas jammies uh, in their house? Maybe your kids, like, like, that was just our thing, right? And so what I figured out, like, my daughter uh, is 17, my son uh, is, is 14, and so what I figured out is, like, as, as they grow older, like, like, they got, like, two or three pairs of jammies, but most of my jammies still fit. Like, we grow out of some of them as we get older, too, right? But... But most, so I've got like tons of Christmas jammies. And so every year on Christmas Eve, we get our Christmas jammies. We put on those Christmas jammies. They all match, right? We do some, uh, like a little photo op, like in our Christmas jammies this year, like a Grinch onesie. I know y'all can picture that. It's amazing. Um, and, and so we just have fun with those kind of things, right? And, uh, you know, we, we had a, an office uh, kind of Christmas party. And so at that office Christmas party, I, I said, you know, wouldn't it be fun? Because, like, we just love jammies. So I said, wouldn't it be fun? Like, we'll all just wear our jammies, right? Can you believe those young whippersnappers I work with? None of them wore their jammies. <laughs> I know. I know. I was so disappointed. And it's borderline insubordination. But we're... Um, <laughs> I'll meet with the personnel committee next week. So, but, you know, we're doing that. And, and then we're opening presents. And I don't know how many of you guys have been to Bucky's. Like, it's kind of a thing now, right? And so, so we had this moment, right? We're, we're doing this white elephant gift exchange. And, and one of our staff members had seen this incredible uh, beauty of uh, these, these Bucky onesies, right? And so they, they, were, they were adult size large, right? And so we, we opened these up, right? And one of the staff members, I'm going to point out, holds them up, you know, and they look like they'd fit just right. And somebody gets the idea, right? Because Kelly and Ethan, right? Mostly Kelly, but they're both expecting, but like Kelly is, is kind of carrying the, the main part of that right now. But we look at it and, you know, Ethan plays guitar and it's like eight foot tall and Kelly, you know, made an announcement, she's tall. And so we're like, oh, good, it's baby's first onesie, right? 
And so we're laughing, we're having a good time. And you know, Christmas is filled with a lot of those kind of moments, right? A lot, of, a lot of, of great moments. It highlights some of those moments of time together, presence of family. And we also understand that, that it can magnify some difficult moments. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, the rush and the busyness, as Samuel was talking about, it can be kind of crazy. I love the story in the, the last minute rush of Christmas. This lady was trying to get all her Christmas cards out. And so she was just in a rush, didn't just look at the front, man, look good, grab these cards, sends them out uh, to lots of her friends, sends out all but one of them. Several days uh, later, uh, she picks up that last little card and she's like, I wonder what that was. I need to look at that. Uh, They'd already been mailed. You know, she comes across this one, opens it up and reads it. And she was horrified and shocked to read this statement. This card is just to say, a little gift is on its way. And as she read that, she was shocked by that message, but I want to encourage you today that we're going to look today in Matthew's gospel, chapter number one, and we're going to lean in just a little bit uh, and see a perspective of a man named Joseph, and we're going to see that he was even more shocked by uh, a message that was similar. And when we read in this passage, we're going to see in verse 23, the words, Emmanuel, God with us. And so when we uh, read that word, I want us to always remember that. So let's say it together. Emmanuel, God with us, right? And when God is with us, I knock that down every week, that little garland thing on the front. If you notice that, I'm, I'm good at that. So uh, how many of you have ever prayed that prayer? Like, God be with us today. Lord, it's our desire that you might be with me or with us. John Wesley, in his final words, said this, the best of all is God with us. And I want to remind you this morning that God has promised to every person who has placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ that he would never leave them or forsake them. He said that he is with us even into the end of the age. And as we lean in to this birth narrative, I want to I invite you to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Uh, and we'll read all the way through verse 25. And the Scripture says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child. By the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people. From their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and she shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Will you pray with me? Holy Father, God, we are not overwhelmed by your grace and your goodness. God, we recognize that you spoke this very world into existence without even breaking a sweat. 
that Jesus is creator and sustainer of all things. And Lord, to know as great and mighty and as transcendent as you are, God, that you are mindful of us. And Lord, we recognize that if it were not for the incarnation, God, if it were not for the gift of Jesus Christ, that that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God, we thank you that you made a way of reconciliation, God, that you made a way for sinful man to be made right with a holy God and for the righteousness of Christ to be given to us. And Lord, we pray this morning, God, for those that may have never experienced your grace, that today, Lord, in the power of your Holy Spirit, God, that you would uh, reveal yourself to them. God, we pray, Lord, for those that walk in uh, weary and heavy laden. God, we pray, Lord, that this reminder and this truth that you are with us, God, would give us hope and strength in every moment. Lord, we love you. We pray, God, for your blessing on all those that gather, and we pray this in the strong and mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be uh, seated this morning. Now, when we uh, walk through these scriptures, and uh, we're just going to walk verse by verse through this passage, in verse 18, uh, we read uh, this this, uh, picture of uh, of this birth narrative, and the scripture says that the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows, and when I can remember when I first uh, was, it was a, a young believer, when I would read Jesus Christ, I kind of thought like it was his last name, right? I was like, this is, I mean, I mean, maybe you've been there, right? I mean, this is just kind of what I thought, but, but what we understand is this is not his last name, that, that this is uh, a, a title, right? That this is uh, Messiah, the one that's been promised, right? It's the, the Greek translation of a Hebrew word, Messiah, and, and it is the official title of our Lord. And what we know is, is that it would occur uh, more than 500 times in the New Testament. And what we read is that the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed uh, to Joseph. Now, now, what we know about this betrothal, when you were betrothed uh, to be married, in, in this time, that was basically the equivalent of being married. We talked about this a little bit uh, last week, uh, but what we understand is that, that it was such a, uh, a serious type thing that it looked like marriage in such a way that if you were to break off uh, this betrothal, uh, if you were to break off this engagement, so to speak, that it was equivalent uh, to divorce. And, and what we would see uh, is that in this passage that, uh, that, that Joseph is faced with a dilemma, right? The Bible says that before they came together, she was found to be with child. Now, when we read this in Matthew's gospel, and when we know the Christmas story, we know the next part of that verse, right? She was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit, right? We know that part, right? But here's the thing, Joseph uh, didn't. And so Joseph uh, understands that, that here's this moment, and can you imagine uh, all that has gone into these moments, right? There's been this uh, matchmaking that's taken place, most likely. Uh, the, the normal way that this would happen was, uh, was, was parents would, uh, would, would make this decision or would make this uh, arrangement, and they would say, okay, uh, these two are going to be husband and wife one day, and they would have this arranged marriage. And, and during this betrothal time, uh, there, there was a possibility of this, this girl to say, hey, I don't, I don't want to marry this guy. There was this, uh, this kind of moment that could take place. There was a, a, a way that, uh, that that would look. But, but from their childhood, 
uh, they've been looking toward this day. Now, what we would see is like during the betrothal period, uh, that, that during that time, and what we know about Joseph was that he was a carpenter, and many times they would, uh, th- th- these, the, the man would add a room on to his parents' house, that they would build this place or build this place that they would be- become husband and wife and where they would be. And so he, he's had all this anticipation, all these moments of, uh, of looking forward. You know, I've got a wedding coming up uh, this Saturday, and as I, I talked to the bride this morning, as I was talking to her, like there's anticipation for this moment. This is like all the dreams are coming true. And all of a sudden, what we understand is that Joseph is in this place, and there's trouble on the outside, right? Now, we, we would understand she's evidently talked to Joseph about these things that were going on. Uh, she shared this kind of news with him. And, and, and obviously, in this moment, what we would understand from the language that's in this text is that Joseph's not buying it, because here's the deal. This is not normal, right? This is a miracle. And what we would see, even when the angel came, and we looked at, at, at the angel sharing this uh, with, with Mary last week, well, we would read this verse, behold, with God, all things are possible. But, but naturally speaking, Joseph says, hey, you're telling me what? Yeah, did you, do you, do you have like a, a pet Bigfoot too? I mean, what are you, what are you trying to say in the midst of this, right? And so we understand for Joseph, there's trouble on the outside. Things are changing. And, and what has begun to be the happiest moment of his life, it begins to bring confusion and it begins to bring heartache and fear. And, and all these things are coming together. Verse 19 says that Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. So there's trouble on the outside. And what we know is this trouble on the outside Joseph's wrestling with what to do. The Bible would tell us that he is a righteous man, that he, uh, and, and a righteous man, when we read those kind of things, we understand that he wasn't perfect, that he wasn't sinless. There was only one who was sinless, but we understand he was a man that was trying to walk and follow the law, God's law and his commands. And we would understand that in Deuteronomy 22, verse 23 to 27, that, that God's law would refer to uh, a woman who had uh, committed this kind, like, like, like if they had never come together and she was pregnant, that this would be as adultery. And so there's this, this weight that he's feeling and, and there's this decision that he's trying to make. And so there's trouble on the outside. And what we see is there's turmoil on the inside. Like Joseph's wrestling this thing out, man. He's wondering, how am I going to deal with this? So many what ifs. and Joseph being a, a just man or a righteous man, uh, he decides, hey, I'm not going to publicly disgrace her. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put her away privately. I'm going to show, like, like I want to walk in the laws of God, but I also want to show the love of God. And so there's going to be this, this I'm not going to publicly shame her because I have this love for her. And, and so this is how I'm going to do this. I'm going to put her away privately. Verse 20, uh, and this is where uh, it gets good, right? He said, behold, when he had considered this, right, behold, an angel of the Lord. Now, who was this angel? Uh, I kind of think it's Gabriel, right? I mean, it doesn't say, uh, but Gabriel showed up for all the other moments. And so I'm like, I think it's him. But the scripture says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't miss this part. This is important. Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who has been conceived in her 
is of the Holy Spirit. So what we see is that this angel is going to remind Joseph of his Davidic uh, lineage, right? He's going he's to remind him of this messianic lineage uh, by calling him a son of David. And so he's going to say, don't divorce uh, Mary, but go ahead and marry her. And the child, I want you to understand what's, what's going to take place, is the child, when Joseph adopts Jesus and embraces him in the family, this child is going to legally be Joseph's son. Now, we know that he is, uh, that, that he is an adopted father, but what we understand is he's legally Joseph's son and therefore legally a son of David. Now, this is the prophecies that we would see uh, being fulfilled. The Bible says in verse 21, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You're going to adopt him. You're going to name him Jesus. That name Jesus simply means Yahweh saves. It is this picture of the Lord saves. He says, you're going to adopt him. You're going to take him into your home. You're going to marry her and, and, and you are going to name him Jesus. And in Acts 4.12, I'm reminded that the scripture says that there is salvation in no one else. Where there's no other name under heaven whereby that no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now, this announcement, what we understand about this announcement is this is the announcement that God's people have been looking for for centuries. This is the announcement that they have been waiting for. Verse 22, it says, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And, and, and as we kind of pause just a second, what Matthew's going to reveal to us, what this, this angel is going to reveal to Joseph, he's going to quote the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. And, and it was in Isaiah 7, 14. We're going to read that verse, but I want you to understand this verse has been prophesied some 740, 750 years before this moment. And in Isaiah 7, 14, the scripture says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Verse 23, this is what Joseph hears. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And that is the essence of Christmas. That is the core, that this baby in the manger is God himself in the person of his son. He was deity in diapers, so to speak, the God who is transcendent, the God who is the, the uncreated creator, right, that has been existent for all eternity, the God who is the self-sustaining sustainer that sustains all things uh, by his power, that it is by him and for him that all things are made, that all things exist that he is in absolutely need of nothing and everything needs him. He is so far above us. His glory, right? We sing those songs, man, and we lift high our voices that his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. When we do those things and we do those things, we understand that this is a God who exists and is above all things, transcendent so far above us, but he is mindful of us and his grace brings him near us. God with us. And, and Joseph hears this. 
And it changes everything. Look at verse 24 and 25. Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Can I remind you this morning that God's word is true and that his promises that he has made to us in his word, that he is faithful uh, to every one of those. The God who says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He will absolutely prove faithful and true to those things. And, and, and if you're a young person here this morning, before we go any further, I want to remind you uh, that, that even though you are young, you can be used by Jesus. You know, I hear people say, and I, and, and I remember uh, people describing, they said, you know, he's just going through those stupid years. Anybody ever heard that? Somebody say they're just going through those stupid years. They're just going through those rebellious years, those kind of things. I want you to understand, young people, God desires something more for you. When, when we read Paul to write to Timothy, he would say, no one look down upon you because you are young, but be an example among the believers. He would say, listen, if you are a young person, God doesn't, doesn't uh, give you permission, right? Here's it's not this thing that like, okay, I'm in middle school. I think I'll just lose my mind, right? I think I'll just go and fall uh, off the deep end when it comes to these things. I want you to understand God has called you to be holy. He's called you to, to walk with him. He's called you not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, to lean into the word of God and allow the spirit of God to take the word of God and, and to transform it and make you look more uh, like him every day. And, and what we would understand is that, that, that this call that we would see Mary and Joseph, right? Mary is a young teenage girl. Now, Joseph may have been a little older. We don't know exactly uh, their age, but I want you to understand they gave up popularity. They gave up cool. They gave up all those things to be with Jesus. And you can be young and you can be used by Jesus. God with us, it changes everything. See, God with us changes everything. I remember when I was growing up, I was afraid of a lot of things. Right, and if we're honest, maybe maybe we would say today, like like we still have fears, we still have those kind of things. But I was afraid of a lot of things, and when I was growing up, uh, you know, my parents would try to make sure that like I wasn't scared of everything for too long at a certain age. It's like, hey, you you know, you have to go outside in the dark by yourself. You have to do these kind of things, right? You have to overcome these fears. And one of the things, man, that always overcame fears, like 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 if my dad would go out with me, man, I, I wasn't afraid of anything, right? And I don't know if you remember like when you're little and you're talking to your friends and you're like, well, I can beat you arm wrestling and I can do this and I can do that. And then there comes this moment in the life of every young man where he's like, oh, my dad will whoop your dad in a minute. Like, God is with us, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And because he is with us, everything changes. Now for Joseph, the trouble didn't go away. This angel didn't go and, and announce to, to the rest of the world. And really, until the New Testament's written, uh, there's, there's this ridicule. There's this assumption that they had uh, come together before they were married. There's the, these kind of things that are there. We would even read in John 8, 41, uh, Jesus' opponents uh, making these accusations or suggestions and, and trying to discredit his authority and to discredit uh, him and, and his, his deity. 
And what we would understand is those things were gonna, were gonna be there. And following Jesus, listen, it does not, you know, we saw Mary and she gets this, you've been favored with God. Favor with God does not equal favors from God. And at the very least, when we follow Jesus, we're gonna experience inconvenience. We're going to experience sacrifice. We're gonna experience uh, all, all of, of, of those kind of things. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. It's not this calling to a life of ease, but it is a calling that God is with us. And what we see in this story, Mary surrendered to God's plan. Joseph surrendered as God's man and he adopted Jesus and he took his role in God's plan. After being taken into the family, right, he, he, he's, he's taken in by Joseph and legally he's Joseph's son. This adoption, it links Jesus to the line of David and God is faithful. And if you're here this morning, and maybe you're walking through those weary times, and you're here this morning, I believe every one of us needs that reminder, because what we know about life is that the storms come. What we know about life is that all of us, when we look around, there's times in our life where there's trouble on the outside. There's times where we're facing overwhelming things that we don't know how to walk in. And in this room, right, there's many people facing many different kinds of things. Maybe it's job loss. Maybe it's hardship in some of those things. Maybe it's health-related issues, diagnoses of, of difficulties, diagnoses of, of problems. Maybe you're coping with chronic illness. Maybe you're dealing with all kinds of different things. Maybe there's personal crisis like divorce or maybe loss, right? We, you know, we, we were walking through this week, and this week, just a couple days ago, was the anniversary of my wife's mother's death, and we're, we're just kind of wake up, and you know, it's kind of like this time of year where the joy is magnified, but man, it also magnifies the loss. It also magnifies those who are, are missing in, 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 at the table in those moments. And, you know, as we were just kind of recognizing those things, I'm reminded that we are not left alone in those moments. And, 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 and the reality is for followers of Jesus Christ, not only is God with us, but we are made part of a family, right, of brothers and sisters in Christ, those not just by blood, that we have the blessing of walking alongside this journey in. And we see these kind of moments, right, and there's trouble on the outside. There's things that are all around, and there's turmoil on the inside. Statistics would, would tell us, I read this week an article from, uh, I think it was American Psych Psychology Today or whatever the, the name was, but basically the, this thought that like nine out of 10 people this time of year are, are experiencing added stress because of this holiday season, that they're feeling joyous but overwhelmed. 89% would say that concerns like not having enough money, missing loved ones, anticipating family conflict, all those things would be causing stress, family tensions, right, conflicts, unresolved disagreements, things that we uh, may, may be wrestling with, loneliness, isolation, the, the reality of loss, this overwhelming busyness that we can feel, right? The hustle and the bustle of all the things that are going on. And, and then in the midst of all that, right, what we see in this passage, what we see with Joseph is that Joseph faced trouble on the outside and turmoil on the inside, but he overcame it through trust in the God who presides. 
Because there's a God who is sovereign and is working and is, is still in control even in the midst of life when it seems like this world is spinning out of control. And when we see those things, and what I want to encourage you as we look at this passage today is that when there's trouble on the outside, right, when you are walking in the midst of those things, and I've heard it said it's either that you are going into a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you are in the midst of a storm. And when there's trouble on the outside and and turmoil on the inside. Remember Emmanuel and trust in the God who presides. In Psalm 103 verse 19, the Bible says that the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all. In Romans eleven thirty-six, 36, it says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, it says, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Psalm 24, 1 said, The earth is the, Lord and, is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and all those who dwell in it. Job 42, he would say that I know you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Isaiah 46, uh, verse 9 and 10, remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things which, we have, things which have not been done, saying my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all for my good pleasure. God is presiding. And while this world may feel like it's spinning out of control, I want you to know that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is sitting on his throne in the work of the cross. The work has been uh, completed. He is with us. And not only is he with us, I want to remind you this morning that he is for us. In Romans 8, 31, the scripture says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? In Christ Jesus, God has provided once and for all, uh, that the, and he has proved uh, once and for all that God is for us. Christmas, God with us. And we see uh, Jesus enter into the mess of a manger, but we understand that that manger led to a cross. And, and in that cross, we see that God is for us, that he died uh, not only for us, but in our place instead of us. God is with us. And child of God, this morning, Isaiah 41.10 says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Be reminded today, Romans 8.38, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I want to remind you this morning that there is no place, there is no prognosis, there is no pain, there is no problem, there is none of those things that can separate us from the love of God. God is with us and he is for us. In Revelation 1.8, he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. And I wonder this morning, do you know him? I wonder this morning, uh, do you have a relationship with the one uh, who has given all for you? Do you know him? Have you surrendered to him? If there's trouble on the outside, if there's turmoil on the inside, we can trust. 
the God who presides. We can trust in the one who, who is working, the one uh, who loves us, the one uh, who is with us and where faith abides. Fear subsides and his peace resides. I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know what things have come our way. I don't know what things that might be weighing you down, but as the song says, rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel, rejoice. God is with us. He is near us. And this morning it may be that you walk in with just a heavy load that you can't carry. Jesus said to all you who are weary and heavy laden, he says, come. He says, in me you will find rest. Some of us may need to to come this morning and just say, God, I trust you with this. You can fill in the blank. It might be from your seat. It might be that you want to come and kneel uh, at this altar and just say, God, I trust you with this. You know, the scripture says to be anxious for nothing. The reality is that sometimes there's turmoil on the inside. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, that we might let our requests be made known to God. And then the scripture says that when we do that, that the peace of God would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I just want to say this morning, and if you're weary in the midst of this, come. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and in him, You'll find rest. Peter would write it this way. He'd say, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Some of us need to come and just, just surrender those things that we're, that we're carrying. And, and here's a question I want you to, to answer, just to, to honestly evaluate. Are you with God? Because the only way you can be a child of God is through the new birth. The only way that you can have a relationship uh, with God is through the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. We, we see that we repent and believe. We, we turn from our sin and we trust in the finished work of the cross. And, and I want to challenge you. Are you with God? Because honestly, as I look back at my life and I was thinking, you know, it was about this time of year. Uh, 22 years ago, December 27, 2002. That I recognized, you know, I was in church. I was actually with a group of students and had, had gone as a chaperone on a camp. And, and the Holy Spirit of God convicted my heart. And I understood that there had never been a time in my life where I'd repented of my sins and trusted him. Where I just repented and believed the gospel. That's, that's what the scripture would tell us that we do to be saved, that we repent and believe. And on that day, I left a group of students and called on the name of the Lord. You know, the scripture says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, that we could be, that we would be saved. Romans ten thirteen says, whoever would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And on that day, for the first time in my life, I understood the, the truth of the good news of the gospel that Jesus had entered into the midst of this broken world. You know, and when we look at the manger, I'm reminded that there's no mess that my Savior won't enter into the midst of and clean up. And on that day, I said, God, I don't have much. 
what I have is yours, God. You know who I am. You know all my mess. You know all the, you know all the sin, God. You know who I am, and you love me anyway. And in just a posture of surrender, say, God, my life is yours. God, I surrender. I believe that, that you came and entered into the midst of this broken world, that you lived a sinless life, and that you died on a cross in my place, placed in a barred tomb, and on the third day, you rose again, conquering death, hell, and the grave, ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, ruling and reigning. And if you've never trusted Jesus this morning, if you've never believed, you might say, you know what? I, I would like some of that. I, I'd like to know that I'm good with God. I'd like to serve him. I'd like to be one of those that, that, that you would talk about God being with us, but I've messed up. Maybe you think, you know what? Somehow you've got to clean up first. Maybe you'd say, you know what? I'm not good enough. I want to tell you none of us are. You're not good enough, neither am I. None of us are. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. And that was the announcement. You'll name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Are you with God? Do you know him? Have you ever trusted him as Lord and Savior? It's a free gift, right? His salvation, his grace, his mercy. Something you can't earn, something you can't work for, something you can't be good enough for, but freely given. Do you know him today? Will you bow your head and close your eyes with me for just a moment? We're going we're gonna to pray. And the band's going to come and lead us in a time of worship, and we respond to this good news that God is with us, that he's for us. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I want you to pray for me. I'm, there's never been a time in my life where I've trusted Jesus as Lord. There's never been a time where I've turned from my sin and just believed and, and, and received him as my Lord and my Savior. I want you to pray for me this morning. If that's you, if you'd say, you know what, there's never been a time where I've trusted Jesus and I want you to pray for me. Would you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you. Uh, even in these moments, you say, I believe God's speaking to me this morning. I want you to pray for me. this morning just maybe you're here this morning and you say you know what I'm weary there's trouble on the outside there's turmoil on the inside but this morning I trust in a God who is over all things and a God who is working and a God who is with me Lord we thank you and we ask you Father in these moments God, to do what only you can do. God, if there's someone here that doesn't know you, God, we pray that this morning, God, that they would leave their sheep, that they would leave their sin, they would come, Lord, and just kneel in response uh, to your grace and your mercy, Lord, and call on your name. And God, just as we celebrate uh, this incredible birth uh, of Jesus, God, I'm reminded that, uh, that your Holy Spirit desires to, uh, to give this new birth in, in, in our lives, Lord, when we are willing to, to recognize our need, Lord, to admit our need for uh, for salvation, to admit our, our sinfulness and to believe and trust in, in the finished work of the cross. So, Lord, I pray, God, for Lord, for every believer in this room, God, that, Lord, our trust would be renewed. Lord, that your word tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Lord. And as we uh, have heard your word, God, may we be strengthened this morning. Uh, Lord, have your will and way in every life. Lord, we trust you with all uh, that, 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 that's around us, all that's inside. And Lord, we ask for your blessing on us in Jesus' name.